Live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio, CAB Incorporated presents Celebrating Powerhouse Women. Now, here's your host, Amanda Pierch. Hello and welcome back to another exciting episode of Celebrating Powerhouse Women, the series that salutes and recognizes women who are making an impact in our community. As you know, this show is presented by CAB Incorporated and also brought to you in part by McCarthy Building Companies and Cat Rangers. Today I am joined by Gwinnett Police Department's Assistant Chief, Gail Hickenbotham. Good morning, Gail. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Before we dig in, a brief word from our sponsor. Since 1982, CAB Incorporated has been a distinguished leader in manufacturing and global sourcing, serving a variety of industries, including infrastructure, hydraulics, automotive, and rail with their precision machined iron and steel products. As a woman-owned company, CAB is proud to be the presenting sponsor of this Celebrating Powerhouse Women series. All right, Gail, and I am thrilled to be joined by you today, a powerhouse in the flesh. Mm -hmm. Before the show, we were just talking about when we first got a chance to kind of meet um, was when you came in for the celebration of the Moxie Awards. So I did want to congratulate you again because I believe it was in the influencer category that you won, correct? Yes, ma'am. And cheers to you. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Moxie is a fantastic word. I love that word, and you exude those qualities. Thank you. Before we dive into all the wonders of your past, maybe you can just give a little brief synopsis of your role within um, our community and uh, the police department. So I'm currently the assistant chief over the criminal investigation division. So that's all of the investigations, um, both like armed robbery, murder, um, mm. auto theft, electronic fr uh, crimes, special victims unit, things like that. Then it also has the narcotics side and the vice side. And I'm also in charge of the crime scene unit, which is fascinating yeah. to see that whole aspect of it. I bet. Well, thank you so much for your service here um, in our community. And uh, you live it every day and people are relatively familiar with uh, the great work that the police department does. So let's dive into some things that our listeners aren't too familiar with. Okay. I was reading some of the awesome things that you do before this show. And I'm very curious before we dive into the collegiate years for you to tell me about all of the friends that you have at your farm okay so my husband <laughs> and i we decided we wanted a little land so we could have some animals mm -hmm. um so we first started with chickens um our good neighbors we lived in a neighborhood before we had some land and our next door neighbors actually gave us four baby chickens because mm -hmm. they want us to enjoy uh the chick the chicks experience yeah yes so we started with four chickens we now have 11 hens a rooster two goats five turkeys and our newest addition is a pig oh is it like a little pot belly pig or is it like a full big it's grown porker to, it's gonna be a big porker uh -huh. um they're called american guineas oh. they're slower growers so they're not he's not she's not gonna be full grown till about 18 months uh-huh so yeah. a slow grower yes because some the ones that you take to market they grow yeah. really rapidly fast. wow so yeah six months they'd be ready for market okay well just out of curiosity like um it takes uh a special desire to kind of just like dive into barnyard animals and, and farming. What was your inspiration, um, you and your husband, to kind of dive into this hobby? And then I'd like to know what's going to happen to Wilbur once Wilbur gets a little bigger. <laughs> My mother looks at me and goes, farming? Really? What in the world? 
but her brother had a farm in Arkansas, and we would go up there. He raised cattle. That was probably the first time I got interested in it, and I had a friend growing up who had a little farm. I don't know. I love being outside. I love animals. Mm -hmm. Uh, So when you get one, then you end up getting another, Another. and we say, well, let's try something else. Mm -hmm. And my husband says, if we get any more, I'm going to have to retire. I think he wants me to get more. So he can retire. (laughs) That's That's a secret message. He wants to be a farmer in his retirement. That's right. Now, the piece of property you got, is it like near yours or is it separate? Is it's, it near where it's, you live? It's on it, it is on. Yes, okay. our house is on the property. And that's too, I, I made it purposefully close. I want to enjoy the animals. Yeah. Um, they're not just, they're more pets than they are right. anything. So. And, yeah, <laughs> so we've got some right. chickens actually in that's the That's what it sounds like at my house every morning. For our listeners out there, I guess I might be the only one that finds this um, amazing. I just learned before the show how you get these um, birds specifically, the chickens and the hens, is through the U.S. mail. That's correct. So you order your little chickens yes. and they come, like you said, to the post office and you get the call and you go pick up your babies. That's right. They're in a box with holes in it. Interesting. So the chickens have enough nutrients in the egg. So when they're born, they will survive outside without any other help for three days. Wow. So that's Wait a why minute. they're in the egg when they're transported? No, so the, as okay. soon as they're born. Right. They're boxed and shipped. Mm -hmm. So they can sustain life for three days because of the nutrients they had in the egg. In the shell. That's amazing. amazing. Wow. Now, I am not an expert. Listeners, do not think that I'm an expert. You're not an egg I'm not an egg expert. No. (laughs) These chickens, I didn't know you were going to bring them in studio today. That's right. They go everywhere with me. They go everywhere with you. Not they really. follow you. Well, I can tell that you guys um, probably enjoy the time that you spend together we doing do. the farming and raising the animals, and you develop a relationship, and you guys kind of get to ebb and flow um, doing something productive. Yes, for, it is. For you guys. Well, we, we won't spend any more time on the animals, although I really could. I think it's healthy, too, though, I'll add, mm-hmm. to have that outlet, something to go home to. People go, you've got those chores. Why are you doing that? But they're not chores. It's really, I think, relaxing to be around animals. Yeah, to each his own. But for me, uh-huh. I love it. So yeah. you don't mind shoveling the chicken poo? I do. That is my job. That's your job. My husband gets the front end. I get the you rear get the end. end. Oh, that's <laughs> sweet of you. Yes. Taking one for the team. Right, right. Well, I do just want to say really quickly um, about the intelligence level of chickens. You were telling me earlier about how they kind of peck at your window because they know you're inside. That's right. They so. love their flock animal. They're interesting. Mm-hmm. All these animals want to be wherever you are at. Hmm. N- none of the ones that we've gotten so far on our list. Uh, mm-hmm have wanted to be by themselves it's interesting cool yeah well what do you call your farm the higginbotham farm it's uh my husband is shackleford i'm mm-hmm. higginbotham we call it Shacktown. Shacktown. yes i yeah. like it yeah or Shacklebottom if you want it to sound regal oh yeah or higginshack if not so much oh i like the higginshack <laughs> yeah him and the Higgins Shack. You yes. guys come by. That's right. Very cool. Yeah. Well, cheers to you guys. Um, I'll have to poke around on social media. I'm sure you might have some pictures of yeah. your your beloved friends. It's fun. Um, before the show, you and I were talking, and I discovered that we had a commonality that I didn't read before. Uh, we're going to take it back to the collegiate years, Gail. Yes. So tell me about your time at North Georgia College and State University here in Dahlonega. So love North Georgia. So my father, looking at schools for my oldest sister, I'm the youngest of four. And he found North Georgia College nestled in the mountains, and he said, this is where I want you to go. So I think I shared on our last episode that uh, my father passed away when I was 14. So this was his desire was that my oldest sister go there. 
So we all followed. Aww. So all four of us went to North Georgia. So it was wow. pretty cool to go through there. Um, of course, North Georgia College, ROTC, mm-hmm. heavy military. Were you in the Corps of Cadets? No, I was okay. not. My I had bro- lots of friends that were. Yeah, my brother was. Um, we're just two years apart. Mm-hmm. So he was up there at the same time. Um, love the patrioticness of the campus. Mm-hmm. The the, the military can- presence. Cannon fire at five. Everybody yeah. stopped and got out of their cars for the lowering mm-hmm. of the flat. I mean, it's just, you live it. You yeah. know, Makes you, you live proud a- to be an American. It really does. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved it. So. Well, hold on one second. Sure. I have to say, did you ever go to Johnny B's or El Hemador down the street? They're still existing. They were the local little spots right there on the corner within walking distance. I think you are younger than I am. Yeah, just a little yes. bit. But I'd venture to say the, the watering holes were probably still around. There might have been different we ones, had though. Beauregards. Oh, no, that wasn't there when I went. Beauregards. It was mm-hmm. up on the hill, kind of above Lewis Hall. That might be it. That might be Johnny B's. Mm-hmm. They might have changed the name because yeah. it's right there at the top of the hill. Yep. That's right funny. above Lewis. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So, yes, I agree. The firing of the cannons mm-hmm. and watching drill and the military presence. Uh, yes. Um, is that kind of what in- ignited going into uh, the, d- the police department within you? Like, what, where did those two kind of connect? I think we're, I think that service oriented mm-hmm. attitude. Honestly, when I was in college, I had no idea what I wanted to do. My brother, two years older, he started criminal justice. I was open option. I don't even think they let you do open option as long as they did back then, but I was open option until they said, you have got to declare a major. Mm -hmm. And I said, I don't know, criminal justice. I guess my brother's doing that. I'll do that. Well, then this guy, his name was Barclay. I don't remember if that was his last name or first name, but he was a volunteer firefighter. And he came up to me and he goes, Gail, Gail, you will love this. You need to come do this. I don't know what in the world he saw in me that he thought, You need to be a volunteer firefighter. Mm -hmm. So I went to the fire department. Loved it. Went to arson school. So I was already drawn kind of to that investigative side, which is, of course, law enforcement, not even knowing it. And uh, the ATF agent that taught my class said, you need to get peace officer certified. Hmm. Before you come back and become an arson investigator, you need to get peace officer certified. So that's when I started looking at actual being a police officer somewhere. What's a peace officer? I'm sorry. I don't so a know. peace officer is a police officer in Georgia. You, you have to be a peace officer to have arrest powers. Ah, okay. So interesting. Yeah. Yes. So you became a peace officer before you became a police officer. Well, it's all or the they, same. It goes in. Okay. It is. Very neat. So you did four years at, at NCGSU. I did. And mm-hmm. then you went on to get your BA elsewhere. That was later, yes, in okay. my career. Yeah. And, well, we'll stick with NGCSU first. Okay. So you mentioned that your entire family, you and your siblings, went to North Georgia mm-hmm. in House Suite of you to do so you know um, upon your dad's request I'm yes. sure he was smiling down in heaven That's on all right. of you doing that yeah. and you mentioned that your brother was also in criminal justice yes so what kind of set the tone for that direction uh, within you guys did I don't recall you said you mentioned on the previous episode what your parents did you said you naturally gravitated towards that field but was there anybody else that kind of uh, led before you in that arena no it was really strange now in our family we have an uncle who did a part-time reserve deputy in arkansas it was another one of my mom's brother her uncle was the sheriff of butler county and was shot and killed in the line of duty in 1914 wow that's how long their generations were Wow. so is it in your blood i think it was in my blood you know um the service oriented you know mom just watching mom 
when I was growing up, she always wanted to help everybody. The little, the the one that hurt the most, she would find the people in the church that needed rides, needed washing clothes. She always picked those folks up and helped them. And I think I always just had that sense of wanting to stand in the gap for people. Yeah. Being that protector. You know, I, people that saw me growing up and then they saw me be a police officer, they said, oh, yeah, that fits. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. They saw those characteristics Qualities, yeah. in me uh, long before I even did. Well, service is something that you not only practice every day within your role, but it's something you're enthusiastic about um, personally. Tell me a little bit about some of the things that you personally or you and your husband do i know you mentioned that you guys are advocates within your church you're you're big participants and on wednesday nights tell me what you do so i love being in the kitchen cooking in our old church before we moved uh, my husband and i both uh, volunteered to do that it was a larger church this church is small i mean we get in there in the kitchen with the the older ladies Uh and we prepare the meals and then we serve people i just love that is it like a potluck for all of the parishioners, or is it open to the public? Are you serving just the people that okay. go to church there? Um, I would imagine you to open it up. Anybody yeah. could come. I think it's $3 or something, nice. you know, to eat dinner. Now, do you get to decide what the menu's going to be, or do you just go in and they already have it planned out, and you just you So Miss Sue is in charge. Ooh. And when she found out what I did, she goes, how are you at taking orders? I said, I have no problem. This is your kitchen. You tell me what to do. <laughs> so you follow orders in the kitchen. That's right. Absolutely. I'm sure Miss Sue really appreciates your help. She is awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome heart. Uh, she makes a lot of the stuff at homes. And again, this is a small church. Right. So yeah. maybe 30 come to eat dinner uh-huh. on a Wednesday night. Not since the pandemic, of right. course. But uh, yeah, it's great. So much fun. I don't know why I like that niche. Again, probably the service and just being able to talk to people. And the fact that you mentioned that it's smaller, more intimate setting. It's not like you're in one of those humongous, you know, churches. You you know all the people. It's kind of like a family. It is. Like you're in your kitchen cooking with Miss Sue. That's right. With Miss Sue. Miss Sue. Absolutely. And what church is that? Is that here in Gwinnett? No. No? Statum. First Baptist. Mm -hmm. Okay. And But you live here in Gwinnett, don't you? No. You live in Statum. I live in Statum. I don't know where Statum is. So going out 316, mm-hmm. going toward Athens. Okay. Yep. How many miles away would you say? Uh, 20. 20. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's I'll not too to far. Venture out into Statum. Oh, you might be amazed. You will like it. Might I? Yes. I'll have to see. What other types of things are you enthusiastic about as far as giving back? Um, you, you do so much, like I mentioned, for our community within your role. Mm-hmm. But I can tell that that is ingrained in you as a person. So what are some other ways um, that you maybe mentor others or just things that you're passionate about um, that you enjoy or that you serve? I think you're correct about, you know, I was listening to all these other podcasts with these women who do um, Relay for Life and things like that. It's so ingrained with the police department that we help those and are involved in the community. Mm -hmm. It's almost a given, like you said. Right. So my home life, it really goes around what our church is doing Mm -hmm. i think if we can you know be members of the community and that church is serving um we're serving both the community and the lord at the same time i agree you know i do try to do that work-life balance you have to pick you know don't put too many 
irons in the fire mm-hmm. or nothing's ever going to get done. Right. Um, I've heard that before. Sometimes yes. we're all guilty of that, though. We are. Sticking too many in. That brings me to a good point, and thank you for um, helping me pivot in the conversation. <laughs> uh, work-life balance. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine the mental strain that your role takes. And again, right. excuse my naivety. I couldn't even imagine what a day in the life uh, in your, your mm-hmm. role is. But I imagine you see and hear just outrageous things how are you able to kind of clear your mind from all of I mean crime to me sound is negative right so I'll use the word negativity mm-hmm. um, and then kind of pull yourself out of that and reset your mind so that you're able to give your husband or your church or yourself your all and your best self right. after what you might have experienced or encountered in your line of work how do you kind of um, sort that out in your mind to give everybody else your best if that makes sense I think that I have always strived for that work-life balance. You know, they preach it now, but it hasn't. I've been a police officer. I just had my 24th anniversary on the 2nd. So for 24 years, it hasn't always been that way. Right. You know, Um, but I think, honestly, with my father dying when I was 14, put that idea in my mind, every day is precious. Mm. And to not overdo any one thing in your life you know and it for instance I played basketball Mm -hmm. and he said you don't have to sleep eat and drink basketball go have fun Hmm. you know so having that balance to go that's important to me I'm going to give it my all so work is important to me I'm going to give 110 percent when I'm there Mm -hmm. but when I'm off I turn it off and you go home as far as seeing crime my mom said one day how did you how have you, you've seen so many death, so much death, yes. whether whether it was violent attacks, mm-hmm. whether it was crashes or just natural, natural deaths. Yeah. You've seen a lot. How do you do that? Mm-hmm. And there's no doubt my faith. I think knowing God and knowing that I am a Christian and I have hope in my future helps you deal with that I mm-hmm. I honestly that's just my personal I don't know how you handle it without that in your life mm-hmm. um, it doesn't there is some folks that cannot deal with it I don't um, you got to have some kind of outlet mm-hmm. so having that work-life balance is huge um, I'm very intentional with vacations with mm-hmm. my husband yes. so we um, literally pick out one week in a month we go camping and you just came back from we a camping did. trip too, didn't you? Where phenomenal. did y'all go? We went to Grandfather Mountain, North Carolina. And, and you if took your camper? We did. Yeah. And let me tell you, if you're a hiker, this one just topped our list. It's got ladders you have to climb. Um, Grand what mountain? Grandfather Mountain. Grandfather. It's near Boone, North Carolina. Okay. But beautiful. Of course, this time of year, uh, oh, the fall leaves. leaves. Yeah, mm-hmm. changing. So being intentional, purpose uh, with intent, mm-hmm. um, you know, creating that time and that intimacy for you and your husband. I guess my question is a little bit geared towards just being able to step out of that mode and into the other. Um, me personally, I struggle with that sometimes. You know, you're on your go, go, go so much. Right. So you mentioned specifically, you know, leaving work at work. There's a time for that. But how do you mentally put yourself in that different frame of mind? When you open your car door to mm-hmm. get in to go home after, you finish your day do you do something to decompress is it through prayer and worship or Mm -hmm. what do you do to kind of clear your mind before you get home and you have to flip into the other mode I that is a good question I think it's just an intentional like I don't want to talk at 
about work at home. My husband right. is off, also an officer, and we just don't talk about it. Now, is there times when there's bleed over? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. If there's stressful things going on, uh, there's going to be bleed over. But on a daily basis, to intentionally say, I am done with work, this is now time for home, mm-hmm. for church, whatever, and separate that. Now, there's times throughout my career, depending on what you are as a at your position as a police officer, where you're on call. Um, as a major, you're on call, and they're going to call you in the middle of the night uh, for a homicide or a SWAT call out. Um, you're never away from right, your phone. Right, so you're never off. I mean, I'm always, my phone yeah. is always with me. I think you would have to ask my husband, does she really turn it off? Because I'm still answering right. things. But I don't let it crowd my life at oh, home. Okay. You know, because I'm still responsible 24 right. hours a day doing this job. Mm-hmm. Um, but just being intentional that, yeah. no, that my life at home now is the most important thing right now. Well, you said it numerous times, so I think that's it. It's You have developed that specific and strategic intent, so mm-hmm. now it's just fluid. Yep. It's rudimentary. When you get in your car, you don't have to make a conscious effort. Right. Um, so I will I will persist there you with go. trying to do that. Yes. Thank you for sharing. Yes. Um, a little bit about what you might do to decompress. I know you do the farm, your farm, mm-hmm. Higginbotham Farm. That, that's right. What do you do to stay healthy as far as physically fit? I know that you, you're subject to like PT tests basically at work. But what do you do personally uh, to stay active and keep your mind and body all in balance? So I love to run or walk, either one. It doesn't matter to me. Um, I I purposefully got, I, I feel like I'm saying that all the time, but I got a dog I wanted to be able to go out and run with. Yeah. And my little Coco, she will run with me. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of dog is she? She's a mix. Like, got, is she big or little? She's like 30 pounds. Okay, good. Perfect size. Yeah, you know, not too big, not too small. Um, but when I start getting my tennis shoes on, she's jumping for joy because mm-hmm. she, knows, she knows, okay, it's time to uh-huh. go out and run. I um, also have a treadmill, mm-hmm. so on inclement weather days, days. you can do that. Um, we spoke about audible.com. Uh-huh. I love reading. So when I run, I listen to books. Oh, yeah. People go, how do you do that? You just escape to the whatever world you've uh-huh. chosen to listen to. And drift off into the story. What's one? I know you mentioned that you're, you're uh, kind of, you got your fingers in a few of the audible books at the same time. What is one of the ones that you're enjoying right now? Um, what did I just finish? Because I'm listening to a podcast now. Oh. That's celebrating Paris Women, of course. Yes, yes. I feel uh, the same while you're um, thinking of it. Uh, as far as if I were doing physical activity, I run only just in small mm-hmm. uh, doses on the treadmill. But if I were to run, I think I'd need something with a beat or like some music to like keep me going. Because yeah. where you disappear into the story, I'd just be like, this isn't going by fast enough it's easier on the treadmill to listen to audible, audible than in real yeah. yes if i'm on a trail sometimes my mind will will wonder yeah or i'm looking at the ground you know Nature, looking around yeah, yeah so uh-huh. sometimes okay, I'll tu- sometimes i'll pause a, a book and turn to music when i'm on a trail ah so, makes sense. so you can enjoy your time yeah yeah and i like all different genres of books i like to have a light-hearted one mm-hmm. so i just finished home at midford It's an older series, I think. Yeah, M-I-T-F-O-R-D. It is a fictional um, town in North Carolina, Hmm. and it's about a rectory, a rector. I'm sorry I grew up Baptist, but that's an Episcopalian pastor. Uh And it's just his story, and he has a dog the size of a Buick. It's just a fun story, 
that just makes you smile. Mm-hmm. So to start my day, I like to drink my coffee and read a book. Mm-hmm. And that was the last one I finished. Yes. Awesome. I'll have to check it out. Uh, that brings me to another point. I was mm-hmm. going to ask you as far as uh, your productivity and as far as organization, what your morning routine is like. Um, give me the first 90 minutes of Gail's day from the time your alarm goes off and your feet hit the floor. What do you do within the first 90 minutes? At home, I get up immediately and I go outside and take care of the animals. So now does it's Coco so go dark. out there with you? She does. She uh-huh. loves doing it. And when she sees me now, I get a headlamp on. Uh huh. And when oh, she sees those. me, then she gets up out of bed and mm-hmm. she'll come to the door. And she goes and she scours for bad yeah. animals. Protecting. She's hilarious. She's, protecting She's great. The farm. Yeah. So I clean the poop mm-hmm. and feed the animals first thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. That takes about fifteen minutes mm-hmm. or so. Then I come in, I take my shower. My husband gets up. He leaves earlier than I do, so I just get up when he does. So that leaves me with some time in the morning. So I get my coffee. I do my prayer time. Mm-hmm. And then I read a book. Good for you. I just, and small. I mean, I'm not talking. Yeah. I'm reading a the whole lot. Thing, yeah. um, but, you know, 30 minutes of just relaxing and reading. Mm-hmm. So that's the first during your meditation or your prayer time, do mm-hmm. you read um, like a devotional or do you just, is that your time with the Lord? Yeah. Our daily bread mm-hmm. is I the one. The I Absolutely. Yes. It's yeah. so wonderful. And it then is. it gives you the little excerpt and then you can just go find it in your Bible and you can read more if you like. Yeah. Or if you only have that little bit of time, you just got your kickstart yeah. right then and there. So my husband and I were doing, my mom got me the Bible in chronological order. I've never read through mm-hmm. the whole Bible. Um, so at night after dinner, we're reading, my husband and I are reading through the Bible Good chronologically. For you. Short, again, short verses. I mean, we have just got to the Red Sea. Mm-hmm. So we're going really slow. <laughs> it's a big book. But it's neat to go so slow because yeah. it makes you think about it. Instead of just conquering two chapters, mm-hmm. you really think about each one. You know? It sounds intentional. Gail, you do a lot of things very intentionally. I need to take, I've written intentional down about 12 times on this paper. But intentional. You, but you don't have to do long. You know what I mean? It doesn't yeah. take long. Yeah. It's just we eat dinner mm-hmm. and then. And it's something to do together. It is. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. It sounds like you and your husband, and what is his name? I apologize. Joel. Joel. Have a, a great and fun dynamic. We do. You guys serve um, the community. You serve, you know, your relationship mm-hmm. kind of. As a whole, and and completely, I admire that from the stories that you've told me. Uh, Let's take it back to where you and Joel met. Okay. That time in your life. Tell me about how that that occurred. It's a great story. Oh, I'm excited. So, I was single for a long time, and uh, this girl at church, Mindy, she saw that I was by myself, and she'd bring me along with her and her husband, and we'd do things. And I love that third wheel role. Yes, I was the third wheel. And she felt so sorry for me. And so she started praying. And I was going down to a driving instructor. It was an advanced driving instructor school. I'd been a driving instructor since I started um, the police department. So this was down in Brunswick, Georgia. And so she started praying. She didn't tell me. She said, I started praying that God would let you meet someone there. A good Christian man. So she's from Ohio. Mm -hmm. He's from Ohio. Ah. So anyways, so she's praying this. So it was a two-week school. So I met this guy, and I'm like, well, this is a nice guy. Mm-hmm. He's from Florida, 611 miles wow. away from me. Mm-hmm. Um, we stayed over that weekend. Some people would go home on the weekends. We stayed. We went to Jekyll Island. We walked through all those old buildings, mm-hmm. the old house, the houses. houses and and yeah. yeah, we did all that together. And one night, this girl... Uh, Megan was her name. 
she <laughs> she goes we were all going to go out to dinner and she says i've got to go get my hair cut you and y'all are going to have to go by yourself who gets their hair cut on an away trip they don't right yeah so she was pushing us uh-huh. together yeah sneaky so at, pants yeah so at the end of the the um training we met at starbucks and we were talk we talked for hours and we said we don't you can't find this let's try it you want to try it Sh- sure. sure 611 miles what in the world so we flew back and forth for two years wow Spirit Airlines, thank you very much because mm-hmm. it's inexpensive, not always on time, but it was inexpensive. It was a great way. That, that's right. It's okay, you, yeah. right? Uh, oh gosh, yes, we had some some travel. Uh, so, how uh, long did you do the long distance? So two years. Two years. Yep. Wow. And then you, he decided to move to Georgia. He did. I said, I don't know if he fell in love with me or the mountains, uh-huh. but every time he'd come up, I would take him out. To the mountains, yeah. But you know, when you spend a weekend together, you're really packing so much time. Yeah, to that time. It's not like dating where you're just going out for an hour or two. Mm-hmm. You really get to know somebody. Because um, you have to maximize every minute. You do. And you yearn for each other when they're gone. It was great. Mm-hmm. But when I got back from that school, I went and told my, my friend Mindy, mm-hmm. I'm like, you're not going to believe this. I met somebody. And she tells me she'd been praying. And I go, Mindy, if you had told me that, I would have said, don't pray that. I don't want to meet a cop. <laughs> that was my mentality. Mm-hmm. Boy, God, God that had up. a different plan. Yes. 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 Isn't that funny how yeah. you guys, and it's been a sealed deal ever since. Yeah. So we've been together nine, married seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's great. Congratulations. We love, I never, I just didn't know this would exist. Mm-hmm. I, we sit on the same t- side of the booth together. I would never, ah. I would never have done yeah. that. How do you fight for elbow space, though? Y- yeah, I, I would never have done that till I met Joel. Mm-hmm. He just, I don't want to do anything without him. Mm-hmm. I, I've never felt that. He's your person. He is. That's sweet. Love him to death. Well, I hope to find that one day myself, Gail. Yes, absolutely. Um, before we switch gears, I would like to share a little word from one of our supporters. McCarthy Building Companies is a community-based general contractor specializing in healthcare, education, aviation, and commercial construction products. They are committed to helping their clients achieve their short and long-term strategic goals. The McCarthy Partnership for Women believes that diverse perspectives drive better outcomes, and that is why they're thrilled to support the Celebrating Powerhouse Women series. I want to dart back into your career really quickly, and we won't spend too much time because I don't like saying the, um, oh, I wasn't treated the same way in the workforce type deal. Right. But I am very curious because your field is um, very hands-on. It's very physically demanding mm-hmm. and just, um, you know, the difference between fellows and ladies. Tell me, during your time on the force and or throughout, you know, your training or any of that, do you feel like you're always uh, an equal part of the team? Do you feel like you're given all opportunities as any of the, the fellows were? Did you experience any diversity um, or any inclusion like that? Let me tell you, I, Gwinnett County Police Department has been awesome. I never, I never felt like I didn't have the same opportunities or that I wasn't part of the team. I'm all in no matter what. Um, so whether my perception was off, I never felt that. Good. But I always feel like I'm, like, taller than I am. I remember watching one of my – I was DUI task force officer, and I'm watching this video of me, and I'm, like, I'm like really short compared to the person I was dealing with. Uh-huh. I didn't feel that way on the scene. I just feel like I'm – Yeah, You know mighty. what I mean? Yeah. Yes. Good for you. But, no, I never had any difficulties. Uh, there was never – 
a chance when I said, oh, I didn't get that because I was a girl. Mm -hmm. But nor was I brought up that way. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You get what you earn. Absolutely. Um, You just go out there and you work hard. Um, I'm not going to be a victim. You know, and if you grab hold of that, then you have that victim mindset. Yeah, you don't want to do that. So, no, I just... Well, I'm glad to hear it. And I'm sure you keep the fellows on their toes, actually. That's right. Uh huh. I want to rewind because you've spoken very fondly about your mother and her being um, quite the inspiration and Mm -hmm. rock to you. Outside of your mom and your father, of course, um, who would you consider a mentor throughout maybe your time in school or throughout the time in your career? Was there somebody that really kind of helped facilitate your success or was there for you? Um, as a resource or as a soundboard that you can think of that played a a role in who you are today? I think there are so many. I don't think I have one. I'm a a very private person, too. I I think that for my personal feelings and talking to someone, it was my family because I trusted them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I don't know whether that's something some psychologist would say well you're you know you're trying to keep that away so you don't seem vulnerable to other people I don't know but that's I went to my family my oldest sister she was probably the one I would call Mm -hmm. you know when something was really bothering me and of course I knew that she would pray for me and whatever Mm -hmm. I was going through Um, so she was that in the police field as far as which way I should go um or watching styles of management. Mm-hmm. Um, I had Major Bardigan. He retired as a major. Um, he was several times in my career. He was my supervisor, mm-hmm. and I took a lot from him. Just watching how he did things, uh, very professional. Um, but I think there were so many. So a many, collective, yeah. A yeah. Collective, yeah. yeah that and so now I'll turn it around. Is there anybody in your world specifically that you can think of? Because I'm sure there are a lot of people that you're unaware of that mm-hmm. admire you and that, mm-hmm. that want to mirror you and look up to you. Um, is there anybody that you intentionally work with or mentor um, outside of maybe your family? Are there anybody um, on your team that you kind of take under your wing? Or is that something that you just do through service? I think there's there's some throughout my time that I kind of helped along the way Mm -hmm. Um, I think there has to be that willingness you know if I saw an open door and they were wanting to Mm -hmm. to to know something from me I would more than happy to tell them but I'm I'm not one to pry or butt into people's lives Mm -hmm. but if they open the door I'll be happy to help you know and I love to teach people things yeah Um, wide open to teach people come here let me show you Mm -hmm. how to do this you know hands-on I think the first time uh, and I think you know Ashley Wilson. She won a, one of the awards in the um, Moxies, or she was a uh, she won won the Valor Awards for us. Um, she's had a great career, but the first time she said, "You know, I look up to you." You know, you think of that, and you're like, "Wow, I better not <laughs> step out." You know what I mean? Uh-huh. It's a big shoes right, to fill to fill that somebody's looking up to you. Mm-hmm. I don't want to let them down. Yeah, you know, um, sure so. you don't. And won't. I hope not. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, share with us. Um, I know you've had so many different situations in in your uh, line of work and so on and so forth. Share a celebratory moment outside of your achievements, something that you experienced in the field, um, something that maybe a call that you were on. You know, all the negative stuff is always highlighted. Tell me about something that was remarkable or something that was just so amazing that you uh, encountered or experienced in your time with the force. I think this is going to be a it's a sad story, but 
in the end, I guess you'll see why it's a good story. Okay. Uh, responding to a call, I like to be able to go to these calls when people are at their end. They just don't know what to do. And this one lady, like she, she was life? Gonna, yeah, she uh-huh. was gonna, she wanted to commit suicide, and I just spent as much time as I could with her and to try to talk her through life that it's gonna be okay. You know, you don't want to make anything a rash decision Mm -hmm. life's going to be okay and she just couldn't find a job she was out of money she was about to lose everything and um i said well you know subway down the street i see signs hanging in the windows you can get a job well anyways i i go from the call months later this officer comes to me there's a manager over at subway and she wants she keeps trying to track somebody down that knows you she wants you to know she's doing fine she got a job yada yada so things like that that you there's no telling how many as a police officer how many lives you affect positively um but that was definitely one of them that's Um, amazing and now she's thriving and she got a job that's right and it's all because you took the time right to sit there and and speak to her yeah and um try and ration with her ration is that the right word and and also share your spirituality right absolutely never i never shied away from that Mm. to be able to share that because i think that's that's what will make you successful Mm -hmm. is telling people your story your testimony what what has made you successful how can you survive through this right you know well i i tip my hat to you for being able to have those conversations i know they're difficult and when you get a call like that you kind of just you can go in and and just face it yeah uh, with positivity i do have a question out of curiosity how long do you remain in in that position with that person like what is the end uh end? so like you're there with that woman and you're trying to ration with her um and then does it end in you pulling her literally off the ledge does she come and spend the night with you guys to make sure she's safe do you just leave her you know at her house how does how does that situation end everyone would be different mm-hmm. and this it was just she had called out for help is that something the police should do do we have to do that is that in our training no she just called for help and we were there you Your know humanity yes yeah. it's not it's not something that's a it's a box check that yes we, we do this service we respond yeah mm-hmm. we just you handle it so in some cases it would be you really need to talk to someone mm. a professional a yeah. professional would you go to the hospital with me so we'll transport them to the hospital to get that help okay um or they could take themselves sometimes it's dire need where we need to get an actual doctor to sign mm something that we can actually take them into custody Mm -hmm. to get them that help that's right so there's some of those as well but you know one time i went to a call this lady she had several small children they were crying there was a one of their kittens had gone behind the dryer and died Mm. she called the police and i said you have a bag and i went and removed the The kitten kitten from behind you know it's just stuff like that that police officers do every day that's not part of police work right it's not criminal that you're responding to like you said humanity yeah it's just humanity Mm -hmm. and i loved having a uniform i could talk to anybody i can walk into the qt you can't walk into the qt and just talk to anybody i mean they'd look at you like Mm -hmm. you were strange right i can talk to anybody i want i love it yeah make their day brighter love it Mm-hmm. So or it could great. be the reverse depends right. on the reason that you're going absolutely to see absolutely so that that brings me to an interesting point um i don't want to say power because that could be misconstrued especially today but maybe the valor instead 
when you put on your uniform and here you're dressed very nicely as as a professional obviously in in your field Mm -hmm. but you don't have on that i can see any you know armor if if that's what you refer to or your uniform your formal uniform so when you get suited up for work do you feel like you're putting on that that coat of armor that coat of you know do you feel like you're stepping into your superwoman suit and you're going out there to do exactly what you were just talking about I, I my mother would say she changes yeah you do you put it on and, and it just changes your mentality mm-hmm. one you're you're now a target you are a, you know a target I didn't even think about so that. You, you have to be yeah. careful on that mm-hmm. um but you're also a sign of authority, mm-hmm. right? You want to project that good view to the public that not only am I a, I'm a sign of authority, but I'm also there to help, right? So I'm Resource. a helper. I mean, it's everything that you embody when you yeah. put on that uniform. But you're right. I mean, that's the symbol that we want to exude is mm-hmm. of we're here to help. Mm-hmm. And that's what we are. Look, when we're arresting people, we're helping people. Mm-hmm. When rest. we're yeah. that's right, absolutely. Everything we do should be helping society. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and you do. I love day. it. I love police work. If you couldn't tell, I can tell. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very exciting. Yes, um, to meet somebody that's so enthusiastic about what they do, and mm-hmm. I know that you change lives drastically every day, uh, whether you know it or not. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. So your your uniform of valor. When you step into your uniform, um, and you kind of go into go mode. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me, walk me through your, your thought process at that time. I don't Do you, know what you, you're, no, pre- you're preparing tra- for anything when you put in that uniform. You are. Um, so we teach recruits to like you're driving down your, in your car, you're in a patrol car. You're visually looking at everything. You are on high alert, alert. because that's your job. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at businesses. I'm looking at cars. I'm making sure everything looks right. Um, if it doesn't, then I have to spring into action, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to go back to your training, whatever the circumstance might be that you see that you're going to go uh, get involved in. When you get dispatched to a call, they're going to tell you what you're going to. You play scenarios through your head so that you're ready. Prepared, yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, they say this job, you know, it's it's very tough on your body because you go through adrenaline dumps. Yes. So you're getting... And mentally, too. You're, you're like in go mode and then chill mode and high alert and you, you know you're always on That's and right. then even so like we were talking about when you go home your brain can't turn off that intuition or that foresight so even when you're driving home decompressing to go hang out with your husband and your animals you're still probably you know processing everything you're still through your officer. officer eyes yeah we were having halloween at the church in mm-hmm. downtown and um, there were some people that wanted to go into the church and use the restroom. And my husband went in there with them and mm-hmm. to show them. But he stood there and waited for them because he's a cop. <laughs> and I told You're my like, pastor, oh, I said, we're about to close yeah. all the doors. Yeah. And I told the pastor, hey, Joel's in there. Somebody it's wanted to go in. He goes, I love having cops in my church. <laughs> but it's just second nature. Right. You know, it's yeah. second nature to be protective. Mm-hmm. Um, and observant. But they would never have known. It was just, he was very sweet, Mm -hmm. you know, trying to help them out. But also, you're right, you never turn it off. You don't. Uh, When you sit in a restaurant, your back's... um, Never to the door. Never to the Mm -hmm. door. So things like that. You're right, that doesn't doesn't turn off. I want to ask you a question just out of curiosity. You know, there's lots of ladies out there that may be interested in responsibly owning a firearm. Mm -hmm. I myself am... um, uh, 
I have my concealed to carry, and right. I have a nice thirty-eight revolver Very that nice. I'm quite proficient with. Very good, ma'am. My question to you is, obviously, that's not an everyday carry because it's quite bulky. Right. Do you have any recommendations for any gals out there looking for something that is um, sleek? Anything that you might have um, that you might recommend for them to safely, of course, carry a firearm with permission? I think that the best thing to do would be to try different types to go to a gun range and have someone train you but try the different ones because let me tell you a 38 snub Mm -hmm. is a short barrel so what does that mean it's going to be a lot harder to aim yes the longer the barrel the easier it is at longer just again a gun for your safety is going to be more of an up close thing anyways um, so you're not looking at long distance or anything like that. But the main thing is to be trained. Because mm-hmm. guess what? Everywhere you go, you have now brought a gun into the situation. That's what we teach our officers. Mm. There's a gun involved in every call you go to because you have one on. Not because somebody else does. Right. So you have to make sure you have weapon retention. Mm. That you're not going to arm a suspect who was not originally armed, but now they've taken your weapon from you. Right. So training is very important. Key. Yep. Make sure you get, you get trained and then you practice at it. What would you recommend for someone that might not have a dad or a husband or something out there that would like to become more proficient or just kind of uh, maybe crash course on firearm safety or operation? Is there anything that you can recommend that you're aware of through your organization or just through personal experience? Yeah, we don't offer anything like the police department. We don't uh, train uh, civilians for that, but there are plenty of organizations. If you check your gun clubs that are uh, in your in your area they'll have training classes and things that you can go through and i'm sure there's private ones that you could also enlist to do that okay that's the main thing training yes absolutely and get something that you're comfortable with Mm -hmm. because there's some people my mother you know no not going to touch a gun Mm -hmm. so it's all on what you feel comfortable with but train and practice train and practice that's right and always Treat them like they're loaded. That's right. Absolutely. (laughs) Always. Gail, I have enjoyed our time so much, and it just continues to tick by. I want to ask you really quickly if there are any um, recommendations that you have for our listeners as far as kind of looking to reach that next level of success uh, within their career or personally, or if there's anything that you would recommend to them um, as far as continuing the pursuit of success. What I tell everybody, you can do whatever you want to do you write your own ticket and this is how you do it you give 110 percent wherever you're at you be the one that everybody wants on their team right Mm -hmm. you're going to be the one that they go this person is who i'm going to pick on my team if they get to make a team that's what you do Mm -hmm. be that person come to work checked in every day and give it 110 percent 110. I really, I believe you can, you can do whatever you want to do. Set your mind to. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm a goal. I'm a, I'm a box checker. I make my lists mm-hmm. every list week. Maker. I am. I'm a list maker. Um, it's Doesn't great. it feel so satisfying to make your list? And as you just mark them off, I, I have like true delight when I scratch it off. That's I'm right. like, yes, you feel the accomplishment. The seventh, seven habits of a truly effective yeah, person. Seven, ha- seven that, highly effective. Yeah, that's it. So I went to that class and actually what I started doing was making those lists that were important to me at home. I was already doing it at mm-hmm. work, but man, even at home, mm-hmm. trim goat hooves, <laughs> refill bird feed. Those things that you forget, the easy tasks, day, yeah. but if you make a list, it gets done. 
I have a list of uncomfortable things at my house that need to be accomplished, right. like phone calls to insurance companies and right. things like that that I absolutely dread. Mm-hmm. And there's probably eight of them on there, Gail. And over the past two weeks, I've only knocked two of them off. What? But I haven't given myself an exact time to complete it, but I literally dread looking at it, but I've done it for that reason. I right. wrote them down because they're uncomfortable and they need to be done. Mm-hmm. So each one, I'm like, yes, yes. Oh, I yes. love it, yeah. Even yeah. the uncomfortable ones. There's always a list on my counter. My I husband l- might not like it too much. <laughs> do you I don't put his do list? I don't put his name by it. Okay. It's a, anybody can do this. Well, knock, now the goat hooves. He and I both have to do. I was going to ask you about that. So I'd like a little bit more information because I've seen a, uh, what is it? The horses, uh-huh. how they you know the it's going to their beer. Yeah. So are you filing the, the goat hooves? Are no, you they're, trimming them? They're literally like your, your, nails. your nails. So you're trimming them. Okay. So what we do is we flip them on their back and I literally am holding them in between my legs. Do they do the frozen goat thing? Like, no, like, like they, the stiff little? I pet them uh-huh. and talk to them oh, very nicely sweetly. and say, oh, you're such a good boy, Gerald. <laughs> While my husband is clipping the nails. Do you use a British accent like that? I do. I love it. Yes, Gerald. Yes. Fancy goats. Yes, yes, they are fancy goats. <laughs> well, yeah. speaking of animals, Gail, um, another partner of ours is Cat Rangers, yes. and they're here in Buford, and we have a quick message from Cat, cat Rangers. Cat Rangers is saving lives of cats and kittens one paw at a time. They are the special forces of cat rescue, and all of their felines recover in their lovely home-like center in Buford while they wait to find their forever homes. Cat Rangers is growing rapidly and is always seeking financial and volunteer support. Please contribute by visiting catrangers.org today. Are you looking for any kitties to add to your hoard? No, I have farm? fish, and we don't want the cats to kill my fish. Wait, like in a pond? or in ha- a, uh, My mother says it's not called a pond. It's called a garden feature because oh, it's only 250 okay. gallons with a little waterfall. Do you have the koi fish? We have the orange ones? five goldfish, uh-huh. and one, I bought my husband a koi. It's yellow. It's beautiful. Ooh. But they're about... I don't know, six or seven inches. They're fully grown. They yeah. won't get any bigger than that. The goldfish or the koi? Yeah, the goldfish. They're big goldfish? They're, we got wow. them when they were an inch long from PetSmart. And they grow that big? Yes. Size of the pond. I think they're full, though. I think that's yeah. the size they're going to be. Love it. It's so, beautiful. You sit and read a book by yeah, the little Gorgeous. Fountain. Or listen to your Audible. That's right. Absolutely. Well, I might have to come and take a peek at your farm Please sometime. Do. I'll happily help you shovel that chicken poo, come on. I'll be a helper in addition <laughs> to a feeder um, for all your little furry friends. That's right. Oh, those chickens. Goodness. They escaped from the U.S. Post- Postal Service. <laughs> Gail, thank you so much for coming coming to our farm here today on Business Radio X. Um, I really appreciate your time, and I thank you so much for all that you do for our community and for us here in Gwinnett. It's my um, pleasure. It really cheers. is. Yes, yeah. 100%. Well, you guys, thank you so much for joining us again today. If this was your first time listening, I appreciate you tuning in. If you're returning, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss a beat. You know our shows are available 24-7 online on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify. Where do you listen to your... Where do you listen to those chickens? Where do you listen to your um, your podcast, Gail? Apple and Audible. Apple and Audible. Mm-hmm. There we go. I'm an Apple girl myself. Mm-hmm. Please stay connected with us on social media at Gwinnett Radio X. And until next time, I am Amanda Pierce, and these chickens are taking over the studio. This has been Celebrating Powerhouse Women on Business Radio X. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>